Welcome to Loving Every Stride, the podcast that will help make your running easier. Brought to you by ex-national athlete and UK record holder, Paul Laslett. Powered by the Brightside PT community. For more information and access to your very own Running Faster formula, which will make your running easier, click on the link in the show notes. Enjoy the show and see you on the bright side. Hello and welcome to another episode of Loving Every Stride. Uh, today we have a special guest on with us. Now I've been stalking this man on Instagram for a little while and I really, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that or not, but I really like his content. I'll tell you, I shall tell you why and then I'll bring the man on himself. I like his content because I, c- I can relate to it. It's very easy to follow. Sometimes it's even funny. And yeah, and there's a compliment for you. And it's really interesting to track someone's journey about what they're doing and what they're up to that clearly loves their running. So Gary, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for being here. Hi, Paul. Lovely. Great to to be on there. Share my journey a little bit. Yeah, I think, like I said, I definitely think you've got what you've done. I'm hoping will inspire our listeners and just give people a bit of an insight. But I mean, like we talked before jumping on and running wasn't something you did all of your life. You played football a bit as well, didn't you? So it'd be just really interesting. Just give us a bit of background around how you stumbled into this amazing world that we've got that is running. Yeah, it goes back a long way. I, I probably didn't really come into running until probably until my mid-20s, I think, probably even towards the late 20s. I used to play football, reasonable level, used to be a goalkeeper, played up to county league level, and then kind of fell out of love of a bit, injuries, that sort of thing kicked in. As I stepped away for it a bit, I managed a, an under-10s football team, which was a whole new experience for a couple of years. And then just by, by chance, really, I got into running. I saw a local half marathon near me, what was advertised in the papers in those days. And I entered, didn't do a huge amount of training of it, but then found, you know, I really enjoyed it. A half reasonable time for considering I didn't really know what I was doing. And then kind of had a little gap of about a year and then come back and revisited running again and, and got into some 10Ks. And from then, I think I was more around 96, 97. Just loved the racing scene, loved the, the things that went with it and went on from there, really. So what was it? Because to enter, I've been running all my childhood adult life, but I've never considered entering a half marathon. So <laughs> it, what kind of inspired you? What did you think? What made you think, oh, I could do a half marathon? I wasn't sure I could do a half marathon. I think what inspired me in terms of it, I knew it was an awful long distance and I just thought the word marathon and it appealed to me, I think. And I thought that's going to be a challenge for me. I'm reasonably fit in terms of from football and, and doing exercise in the past, but never anything just dedicated to running. So I think it was the fact it was a half marathon, which kind of inspired me to go straight in at the deep end rather than something shorter. Obviously, park run didn't exist around then. So yeah, it was that part what kind of inspired me to give it a go, really. Brilliant. So it's having that big goal to go right a a 5k or a 10k is i'm pretty sure i could do that a half marathon i'm not sure i could do that but i'd like to find out yeah and i think around it like i say you 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 didn't have the online and the internet as much as what you did to find out stuff so i wasn't even aware probably of what what else was out there i I think i've just seen it advertised it was fairly local to me 
let's give it a go. I, I probably didn't even realize there was other races of different distances. Well, I could have maybe started a bit easier, but it was done. I'd obviously done a bit of running before it and then just jumped in the deep end, really. Awesome. And then after that, you, you say you took a bit of time away from racing or running and then you started doing like the 10Ks and stuff. What was the motivation to start doing that again? And then what kept you motivated? What kept you doing the events and kept got you into doing your training? I think for me, I'm pretty competitive with myself. So jumping back in, I, th- I think two years on or 18 months on from what it was, I, I kind of dabbled around, looked around a bit, found there was more local races. And I think each one I went into, I'd, I'd done a lot of 10Ks around then, realised even at my own level, I could get competitive with myself, not with everybody else. But they started to become for me a little bit addictive and I found it something where it doesn't matter what anyone else does is I can still recognize how I'm doing against my own kind of limitations let's say I've never been a a super runner compared to some runners out there I've reached a hopefully a reasonable standard a lot that was in the past now so I always look at age grade now in terms of how I'm competing so that's another way obviously to keep myself motivated in terms of as we get older we can still compete against you know, where we were, it was a good guideline, but yeah, it, and I think just the buzz of being around races at competitiveness and running for that 122nd place in a race and trying to do a sprint finish was met with my addiction and how my thought process works a little bit. I just love the feel of it. And it just snowballed from one thing to another. And then obviously we are, I'm still doing it 23 years on. The ethos you have there, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to stalk you in get you on the podcast really was it's the same ethos that that i've always worked to and we work to with all our clients is it's not about what anyone else is doing around you it's about what you can do and like you say you coming in a 122nd place someone else coming in second place someone else coming in a thousand and twenty second place is completely irrelevant it's just like you say it's about what you can do and it's really interesting looking at that and going Right, five years ago, I could run this fast for this distance. I'm a bit older now. I need to reassess my targets and reassess my what maybe I'm able to do. So, I mean, as you kind of, I don't want to say aged because that's, uh, that's <laughs> rude. We're all aging. But as you've got a bit older, like we all have, how have you found that you've had to alter your training that you do or haven't you? Yeah, I've, I think I'll be honest. I've never had any real structure in terms of what I've done. I've never had a coach. I've never gone down that route, although it's something I want to consider in the future. But I think for me, just have built that kind of base and, and done it. I, I think when I was younger in, in the thirties or even late twenties, I think you could find that you could bounce back from no matter how much training you do. I felt like I could go out, do it every day in, day out our injuries and survive and I probably like I said I didn't have any real background of knowing what I was doing what I was doing wrong but what what I found as a molder is that I can't do that I'm, I'm 50 next year you know if I try to run every single day and, and push it every single day like I used to I would fall to pieces even more than I probably have fallen to pieces I think I, I just need to realize my limitations so a lot of cross training comes in now I've, I've found other methods to, to enjoy it you know there's periods in that 20 years where I've moved away from running as well I went into triathlon and done a bit of that and my best running was when I was linked to triathlon because I think I was giving some of my running muscles a bit of a rest but also done indoor rowing I've competed uh tournaments around the world I went to the world championships at indoor rowing believe it or not it is a, it is a sport but I've always come back to running. I do like other sports. I like doing other things, but I've always come back to running. If I can run, I run. If I'm injured, that's when I do the other stuff. 
basically. Yeah, so get that recovery and the listening to your body and that structure as you get a bit older becomes even more important, right? Because if you, like you say, knowing the intensity that you should be working at, understanding if I do this run or this type of session, I know it's going to take me a bit longer. It's going to take me a bit longer to recover. I certainly feel ex- found that exactly the same, like from going from being able to do three hard sessions a week to now like one, maybe two a week and having to just run very slowly to make sure that the recovery is in there. So, I mean, if we could give you a bit of a time machine and you could go back in time to when you first started your kind of running journey, what would you, knowing what you know now after, like I say, being able to run for so many years and you've done a lot with your running, what advice or what would you like to have done? What do you think you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I think you need to listen to your body more. I think going back again, I've had numerous injuries and some quite bad injuries over that time, but I, I think I need to listen to my body more. And there's times hindsight is a wonderful thing. You start getting a little niggle and you think, no, that's all right. It's going to go away. And you continue pushing it, continue pushing it until the point where you just can't do anything. And then I've had some really long periods out due to doing that. And I think in hindsight, I wish I had someone to tell me to, to, listen to your body you only get one body right so you need to look after it and i think if if i go back and listen to those moments where things were probably warning signs and warning lights are coming on and and just adapt to it i probably would have achieved probably even more than i have and you know i had less long spells of being out injured i think for me that's the thing i would do i think also looking at probably being coached a little bit maybe or even have some a bit more structured plans would have been really good as well and like I said it's still something I still consider now of being a member of running clubs sporadically I'm not at the moment but the times when I have been tends to be when I've had better running some running with people who run the same kind of speed as me as well so there's loads I can learn from I'm, I, even at 49 I kind of feel like I'm still getting everything wrong so you know I'm not afraid to make mistakes. I, being all of it, I, I just want to enjoy it. I, I think my mind enjoys it and thinks it can do a lot more than sometimes what my body thinks it can, but doesn't stop me from trying. The thing that stands out for me and that, Gary, is thinking about having, and I, I need this, I need a coach to tell me to like take your foot off the gas a little bit, have an easier day. You don't need to do the whole session on that today. Just that extra... If I'm going to take a rest day, or I know like I've got a little bit of a niggle at the moment that's come on this week, I'll message either Marie, I don't have a coach in the moment, but I'll message Marie or I'll put in our coaching group rest day today. Then I've got to stick to it. Just having that extra kind of bit of accountability because you always think, oh, I'm going to miss out if I don't take that rest day. Yeah, 100%. My fitness is going to fall off or I'm I'm not going to make the progress I want. But like you said, ultimately, if you don't take the time out, it can kick you in the backside much harder later on so yeah the the structure the kind of listening to your body is really important i like the idea of the warning lights so you've got a niggle or something goes wrong with your car and the light comes on you get it sorted before hopefully before then (laughs) something right and i guess yeah applying the same theory to the body is is really important isn't it like oh that's something's not quite right there I think I'm very good at ignoring the warning lights, unfortunately, and like, I take more care of a car than I do, I do of myself, I think, sometimes. But yeah, I think it's important. I think, like I said, I've gone through various injuries, and I think over that time, 
I still haven't learned fully. I think I still will push myself. And, and like you say, it is that fear of losing out and it's fear of missing the day. But at the end of a day, a week is far more, you know, easy to deal with than, than six, seven, eight weeks out. You know, it's important to take those rest days. I know in my head, but it, it's not going to make any difference. It's not going to do anything, but also in my head, I'm still going to ignore it to a certain extent, but I need to get better at it as I'm getting older. It's, 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 it's a tough discipline to to learn you know it's okay to have an extra day off if your body needs if your body needs it and in fact long run like you say the long run it's gonna long run a good one that it's gonna it's gonna help it's gonna help you out and mean that you can hopefully not get that niggle doesn't become anything more more serious you've done ultras right yeah i've, I've tapped to, i've done a couple of ultras in the past but this year especially at the start of the year, just after races start to come back out of lockdown. I wanted to get more into ultras. I've, I always see an ultra. I've done, what, 40-odd marathons or so, but not many ultras. And you know, so casually, just huge <laughs> marathons, that's all. <laughs> yeah, but I've, over, you know, the way I think of it, it's over 20-odd years, so it's two, two a year, which is normal. That's how I see it. But, but yeah, I've never dabbled into it, but I think it's, I'm very keen on listening to a lot of American podcasts and watching YouTube and, and seeing things. And, you know, I've, I've learned quite quickly that the ultra scene is a great scene because you're encouraged to walk a lot. So that's, that's it. that suits my age. It's my end. It's a, a bit less competitive than a marathon. I think from a marathon perspective, you always feel you got to race it to a certain extent or it's a set distance. Whereas ultra, you can run, you can stop at the stations, you can chat, you can be social. I like that. And especially as I'm getting older, I'm more inclined to enjoy the running rather than compete at running, if that makes sense. So yeah, this year I'd, I'd done a, while well, I was carrying an injury, funnily enough, I'd done four races in, in six weeks, starting off at a half marathon to then go up to a 50 miler and then finish off with a, a marathon and a 50k within six weeks. And then found myself injured surprisingly, but, but it, and it was an injury prior to that, but it was obviously the extra stress of it. We've done it, but I loved it. And I think as soon as I can get back, I'm going to be focusing more on ultras and ending gas really. It always, with a few clients we've had who have done like a uh, hundred milers and stuff and like fifties and stuff. It's so far removed from my, like I mentally, I struggle to get out and run for an hour because I enjoy, I love my running, but it feels like a long time. Is this something you just get used to when you're out for a longer period of time? And how do you deal with that? If I had it, the only way I can put it is if I had a choice between doing a 5K and doing a marathon, I'd choose a marathon every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the 5K is a nasty distance. And probably for you people, that's probably still a long distance. But for me, it's like a, a short one. But from that feeling of feeling sick and feeling you push yourself and your legs going to jelly, it's kind of like I'd prefer to go longer and. It was obviously still from your mindset perspective in your body, but it's a totally different feeling. And I, I enjoy that. And the fact I feel I can do, and in my head, I feel I can do a lot more than I actually do, but I see these crazy things we do. And I'm like, do you know what? I like to have a crack at that because it's more than what the average person could do. You know, anyone who puts their mind to it can do a 5k regardless of the speed. And I count all runners in that as being important. You're covering the same distance, right? And that's at any distance, but. You know, I think sometimes as you go further and further, I, I just want to push myself to the point where, well, other people may not be able to do that. I, I want to do it. And those kind of longer ultras and there's so many different things propping up at the moment. It seems a, a brilliant time to be living and running like longer distance, but it definitely wants, I want to go that direction really. As much as I like the challenge of a 5K, I think it's horrible. It can be, yeah, it can be brutal because you're, you're on your, you're on your max limit. 
But whereas when you do a long, either marathon, an ultra, I'm guessing, because I've never done one, but from what I've been told, you, if you go, obviously, if you go over that red line, you're in trouble. So yeah. you, intensity has to be quite a lot lower so that you can maintain that for obviously a longer period of time. So then it must become a lot more about the mind games. And on, on the subject of mind games and working your way through things, I know obviously you had to have your, was it hip resurfacing? Yeah, so I have a hip resurfacing, I'm trying to think about seven or eight years ago now. So I had a, a labral tear, I was getting an awful pain in the groin uh, area all the time and eventually saw a, a surgeon who he was doing this new kind of procedure of hip surfacing. So basically keyhole surgery, go in, but effectively it's like breaking your pelvis is what he described it as. He said it's almost all your body weight kind of goes through that and they basically shaved a, a bit of uh, the hip joint and really smoothed it all over and resurfaced it. And again, that was a decision then. It was either, you know, continue and deal with the pain, but you probably won't really be able to run because it was that painful but walking and everything was all right or, or go down the surgical route and give it a chance and there was probably i can't remember what percentages were but it's 60 65 percent of getting back to running but to be fair since then it, it kept me out for eight months because it, it your whole body needs to recover from it but once i've got back i've had no issues from that there was a the fear he, he said that the left side is getting the wear and tear as well but you know touch wood at the moment it's uh both sides have been really good. It's a, it's a decision that's hard because that's a long time out running. You think you're not going to run for seven or eight months, but for in my head, it was compare that with not running at all ever again. It was an easy decision, right? And I've gone through several surgeries on, on certain things. My current one with ankle ligaments, which was caused when I went over, you know, about um, two years ago, really now, and it tore my deltoid ligament off of my right ankle, which is quite rare. And I've survived the last 18 months doing these, these long races, but with with a bit of pain to a point in the end that I could hardly walk on it and was urgent and the deltoid is ligaments ripped off and unfortunately the lateral one which is the other one that supports it and allows you to at least still run also ruptured so I've had surgery on, on both sides of the ankle where I'm recovering now. I think that like fair play because it's that's I mean I've only had to have hernia surgery on anything I've been, had injuries before but I've never been in a situation where it's been right. You've got to go under the knife or you're not able to run. I'm pretty sure I know what I would decide to do. But I mean, I think that just shows how important running is to you. The oh, You can have a normal life. You can do whatever you like. You can cycle. You can play other sport. You can do various other things, but you can't run. You're like, well, get me into some surgery because I want to be able to run. And I love that mindset of, all right, it's eight months out. That's a, I mean, eight months, you think about eight months is a long, that's a long, long time. But when you think, what about the rest of my life? It's, it's a small percentage of time to give up to be able to do something you still love to do. And with the ankle surgery as well, they, they was a, it, was, it was a similar thing, right? They, you didn't have, to, didn't have to have it done, but you had that choice. Yeah, and I think, you know, especially thinking back to the labral tear and the hip surgery is it made that choice easier in a way because, again, he, he was like, you can manage, but if you want to have that chance of running again, and percentage-wise, it was 85 90%, but most of it will be back to normal. That, that was better odds than it was for the, for the hip. You're right, for me, running is everything. But I think the mental part of it and getting out is I'm probably a little bit, my wife will probably say I'm a little bit grumpy if I don't get for a run or I don't get that kind of, time to have a bit of exercise when i commuted into london obviously home base luckily at the moment but when i commuted into london that lunchtime run was great to 
get away from the pressures of work and for 45 minutes and do it. And I've made so many friends through running. My life is, my outside life, I would say probably 85% of my personal life is linked to running. Much to the bane of my wife to a certain extent, but I love it that much. It was an easy decision to make and the surgery and being in the boot for the last seven weeks as I have, it's, it, it went yesterday. Kind of, kind of throw it. Yeah, throw it. Bobby. Yeah. Bobby's gone, thrown out the house. So I started physio today. He's given me quite an aggressive kind of three sessions a day to get back because he knows how keen I am to run and really looking forward to, to getting into that. And hopefully within six weeks or so of it, they'll get me back running. And when I look at it is that's going to be a three month period three to four month period out, that's going to allow me to, in my head, to run for another 20 years. When you look at that as a small percentage, it is a small percentage. And most of the listeners on here, probably you never have to go through that sort of injury or have to even think of dealing with that. But if you do, a lot of people, you get a lot of nice comments on Instagram as I'm on there and I hope you get better. It's really sad in, in a way. Yeah, it is. But it, in the whole scheme of things, it's not a huge thing for me because I know I'm going to get back there. I like that. I really like that positive mindset around it. So I could talk all day about anything to do with running, but I'm conscious of of your time as well on here. But I, I want to ask a few. So obviously you've had some decisions to make to go, right, do I keep going with with normal life and not run or do I have my surgery? And that means that I can run. Like say so running is 85% of your life. So what I want to do, I want to fire some questions at you, Gary, to see what you would also be prepared to do to give up or if you could only do certain things at a certain time to run. So I'm going to try and see if I can find something that might make you say no. So I start, if you could only run at four o'clock in the morning, would you still run? Yes, I've watched too many US ultra podcasts and, and things to see that the norm in America seems to be getting up at three or four in the morning to do long runs. So I feel I could do that. Yeah. You could do that. Okay, yeah. cool. And what is there any food that you don't like? Avocado, I can't stand. Okay. So if you had to eat an avocado every day, would you still, would you tough it out to go and run? Yeah, I'll probably tough it out. I'll probably hold my nose while I've eaten it. Yeah. <laughs> well, like a small child would do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What if you could never take a holiday again? Oh, that's a tough one. I think for me, I'd, I'd be okay with it. I think, but... <laughs> I can't, I'd, yeah, the wife and the, the, wife and the kids, I, I'll probably end up being divorced. But if, I think if, it, if it's my own choice, so let's, let's put aside the wife and the little boy. If it's my own choice, I would still take the running Run, running can be my holiday it's fine i can go somewhere and take a week running i don't know loads of trails somewhere so that, that would be my holiday awesome what if you had to sleep and every hour uh, so it, and it doesn't have one effect for your wife or your boy but every hour an alarm goes off beep, 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 on the hour every hour when you're in bed you have to yeah. do five days a week you can have two nights off now, funny enough, you said I've already written down in my list for when I'm fit and ready to do the four by four by 48 David Goggins challenge, which is right. four miles every four hours. And I've even researched that kind of challenges similar to that, to what I could do. My head is already fixed. I'm already running and I'm doing it. So do you know what? I feel like that might be into it. That might be a, a, might be a good thing to try, Paul. <laughs> new training method I, I try for a week once i'm fit and ready i'll let you know pretty sure the answer is going to be yes <laughs> but in the winter when it's cold and we all get we all have to we all wrap up warm to run if during the winter months you could only go and run in speedos 
And in the summer months, you had to wear your winter clothes to run. Would you do that? <laughs> Again, I think I'll give it a go, but uh, <laughs> whether I could actually kind of keep going in speedos in the middle of winter, I don't know if my body would allow me. I think my mind would want to, but may maybe I might have to draw the line. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, good. I like that. That's great. I love it. There's, that's commitment right there, isn't it? That is commitment. And Marie... You had a few questions, maybe a few more sensible questions to finish up with. Yes, I've got a, few, a couple of questions. I, I love your story, Gary, and I, I love, I can relate to a lot of it, apart from the avocado bit, because I love <laughs> avocado. But I love the fact that you started your running journey with a half marathon. I think it's brilliant because majority of the people will start with a catch to 5K and then move on to longer distances. So that, I think that's brilliant. But uh, coming back to your injury, how did you cope with the being off running and what kind of advice would you give to someone who's injured? What can, what would you say to them? You, you need to focus on while you're injured just to cope with being off running for however long. Yeah, I think it's important. As I was saying to Paul, I think my, my running sometimes takes over a bit too much from my life and it encroaches on the family time. There's always pros and cons of being injured. I think one, one thing in this period, obviously I've been lucky enough to work at home and I've had six weeks at home and I'm working at home prior to the injury is I'm upstairs in the bedroom working and I only get limited time with the family. What has been with, with the boots, obviously I've been off work and with a surgery and I've had some fantastic time with my child. He's only coming up to three years old and more time quality time with my wife really. And I think, you know, there, there's parts of that I don't get when I'm working full time and running takes a, a big chunk of your personal time. So actually being injured has actually given me an opportunity to explore that a little bit. But for me, there's always things for, for running. I, 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 like I said, I've listened to more podcasts than ever before. I've watched more YouTube videos than ever before. But I think it's important sometimes just to take that break and, and realise that there's other parts of life around you and take your time to, to realise and understand that as well. Yeah, and focus on what you can do as opposed to what yeah. you can do. Yeah. And you've done a few races. What was your favourite race? <laughs> Oh, there'll be a whole list here. I think, I think for, for, you know, obviously I've done quite a few marathons. I think London Marathon for me as a road marathon stands out absolutely fantastic. I think if I could do that every year, I'm, I'm obviously not quick enough to, to get in there every year. Uh, so you have to survive in the ballot, which is almost impossible these days. I've done London seven times in the past and I think oh, it's just such an amazing experience and seeing it a couple of weeks ago and seeing crowds coming out after not being able to do it for the last 18 months is incredible. So for me, that's my most favorite race. I think any anything I, I feel I've done pretty quick in, I've got a really abnormality when you look at my times on Instagram is that my 5K time is 18.59, which is actually slower pace than my 10K, which is 37 odd minutes, um, which is really weird. And people do question that, but I like, surely you got your times wrong. But my 10K was done 20 years ago when I was running quickly and park run didn't exist. And now I can't get anywhere near the pace I've done for 10K, but I've done for five. So I do like the challenge of a five day. And I still feel that I can get that time down further as well as my marathon as well. But yeah, London Marathon, if I had to pick one, would be it. Yeah. And I too can relate to that. London, I only did it once, but that was one of the best days of my life. It, I thought it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I want to move away from a road racing and road marathons. I'm not so keen on them as a whole, but that would be the only one that would stay in my calendar. If I was, if someone could give me a place every year in London Marathon, then one's listing, then great. <laughs> 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 can give you that place then. <laughs> All right. And one last question in terms of your training, what type of run, what's your favorite run? Easy run, tempo run. 
Yeah, most most of it. I, if you like, like I say, I haven't had the benefit of most coaching. So most of my running is one pace. I, I think I realise the value of speed work. My, my times when I have done speed work, I, I do improve. So I know getting a coach will help me with that. But I think easy pace. I'm, I'm lucky enough to be five miles from South Downs here. So hence why I'm getting more into a trail running. I love getting up on the downs and just running up and down the hills. So yeah, off road, easy pace, enjoying it. A couple of hours out there, absolutely fantastic. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Gary, this has been um, a really, really enjoyable podcast. One of our longer ones, which is fine because we've, we've been, been so much we've been able to talk about. I think I really hope that listeners from this podcast understand the importance of listening to your body, being positive when you're injured and actually realizing that injury is actually in the grand scheme of things, it's such a short space of time and find the things that you love doing and do more of it, basically. So if people want to follow you or find you on Instagram, Gary, where do they need to go? So Instagram, GV underscore runner 21 and 21 or 2021 is making me big. <laughs> Don't know my own password, but um, that changes every year, obviously, as, as long as no one nabs it, the year changes e- each time. I, I think I have been confused. I've been invited to, there's a little side story but i got invited to poland uh in warsaw the marathon by the tourist board and I, I actually think because i was gb underscore runner that they felt i was a gb runner rather than my initials but anyway but my, my times were on there so i wasn't duping them but yeah gb underscore runner 2021 and then 2022 once a once a year changes yeah so go follow gary he's got some great posts some great inspiration on on his instagram and uh thanks again for being here i really appreciate it And uh, we'll see everyone on the next episode. Great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Loving Every Stride. If, like us, you absolutely love running, we'd love to have you in our community and help make your running faster. You can join our Facebook group and get your very own Running Faster formula by visiting the link in the show notes. And there will be happy days ahead. Please also remember to subscribe and review so we can spread our love for running. Thank you for listening and we will see you on the bright side.